Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Something a little bit different now. Uh, a man that will be familiar to a lot of rugby people is Mark Ranby. He played for oh, the mighty Manawatu, the Central Vikings, which is a bit of a collector's item. He's played super rugby for the Canes and the Chiefs. He's all black number 1,001. His name's Mark Ranby. He's with the Players Association, but a, but an offshoot of them called the Rugby Network. Welcome you in now, Mark. Welcome in. Thanks, Steph. No, great to uh, have a yarn with you today, mate. Yeah, long time no speak. Um, Rugby Network. Can can you explain, like, as I say, you, you sit alongside the the Players Association, and, and we know that they're heavily involved in the current guys, but you're more involved in the past players. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. That's the, the, I guess the idea of the Rugby Network um, yeah, has sort of emerged, um, I think, you know, alongside professional rugby and, and I think with the Players Association, with its inception, um, and I guess like everyone realises with rugby, you're not going to um, play it right through your, your, your working life. So what is this, um, yeah, what does the, the part after you've had your career look like? And... I guess with the game being professional now, you know, I guess in professional sports terms, it's it's um, starting to mature. But um, you know, there's there's I guess a number of players out the other end of it, and it was yeah, looking at how can we I guess yeah put a bit of resource into that to to try and um, yeah support um, and create that that sort of network that really I guess gets thriving and and gives back um, support to each other. But yeah, but also um, yeah, can contribute to the I guess the current players um, coming through. Yeah, so, do you deal mainly with guys that have hung up the boots and are out trying, trying, or starting businesses, forging careers, or do you get your fingers on the guys that are still currently playing and say, "Hey, guys, this isn't forever. Um, here's some opportunities." At what stages of careers do you become involved at the rugby network? Yeah, I, I guess predominantly um, my brief is to yeah to, to get connected with. Um, that the retired playing group, um, but obviously my kind of own experience um, after my playing days, um, I guess I was fortunate enough to to find work in the personal development program, which is a, a partnership between the Players Association and New Zealand Rugby, which is to have the conversation around what else are you interested um, as a person? You know, your your um, yeah, you're you're an individual, I guess, first um, that happens to be good at rugby. So that whole, I guess, question around identity, and and trying to yeah have that conversation with athletes to prepare um, for that time when they're when they're no longer playing. So that was, I guess, kind of my own experience that I found my way into that into that role. So I have a bit of an understanding of of that space. Um, so I, I still um, relate well to the personal development managers that. We have, you know, um, part-time PDMs, some of them full-time in provincial unions and then full-time in, in super rugby environments. So, yeah, I, I mean, I the, the main part is to, to work with the retired players, but obviously, you know, you can see that the learnings and experiences from from um, the, the players um, to, to sort of feedback and have conversations with the current players. I think that's, you know, where that, that idea of the rugby network is that it can 
yeah, support retired players, but also this, um, I guess, a way to give back and, and contribute still to the game by um, yeah, having a coffee or catching up with a player that might be interested in exploring the, the business or um, the work environment that, that a certain player has, has sort of um, planned to get into or found, found their way into. Because yeah, I've been around rugby, gosh, since you were a young fella coming through and I've seen guys have their careers and come out the other side and some of them really struggle from the structure that's been provided for them for 10 or 15 years. They know they've got to be there at 8.30, they've got to eat that at that time, then we've got stretching, then we've got this and then I have to have a rest and, and they do that for years and then just like bang, it stops mm. and... Like, yes, they need work, but they also need, they lose a lot more than just work and income, don't they? They, loo- they lose a bit of an identity, and you've sort of touched on that. So what are some of the, the main challenges that um, present themselves to you with some of the retired players? Yeah, I think you, you raise a really good point, Steph. And, and I think, I guess that, that's the reality. And, and, and while, the, I, you know, we're working hard on that personal development program to um, you know, to highlight these issues, but I guess you know the reality. The reality is that they are employed to, um, you know, um, provide you know um, a performance at, at the end of the week. Um, so yeah, it, it is very structured, uh, and there's a lot of support. I think you know around them, um, and so that yeah, it's, it's trying to raise the awareness of that, and then like you say, how do we um, support them? And and that that's been a discussion around how do you um, yeah, I guess, and, and how do our environments encourage um, agency, I guess, or that, that ability to, to know what you want and, and actually contribute. And, and I think rugby does um, do a great job in um, developing that with individuals. You know, I think you see um, perhaps players that move into, into leadership positions within their teams. Um, they, they do develop skills, and those skills are, are specific to rugby so part of it, I guess, part of our role, and I have a fantastic colleague, um, Fiona Brading, who has a, a sort of career um, support background, um, ran, her, ran her own business around career consultancy, um, and she came into rugby as the um, personal development manager for North Harbour. And so she's a great resource to, to have conversations around um, transferable skills um, and yeah, and looking at how players can explore yeah, those skills, perhaps, you know, sometimes they're talked about as soft skills. Um, players, I think, have a great ability to relate to a, a, a wide group of, um, you know, society that, that's part of their role. So how do, yeah, how do they get to understand? Because I think part of the problem sometimes is they're, they're unaware of the skills that they have developed in, in rugby and how can we, we look to um, explore those and then, see how they might fit in a, in a different environment. And I think that's often the challenge mm. is is that the, the environment that they've worked in is, is very um, is very unique. And then going to another work environment, they, they don't have, that's the tough part, tra- actually transferring and, and building experience in other environments and working out how they can do that. But I think there's great examples of um, Bronson Murray and, um, you know, who, who played for Northland, um, the Highlanders, um, has gone back up north and with his wife Ida have created an amazing business up there, um, North Drill, um, where I think, you know, they're, they're using, um, Bronx is using a lot of, I think, 
what he learned from rugby about environments and team culture, and, and obviously Ida as well, bringing her flavour to that and, and a very, um, you know, te ao Māori worldview, but, you know, really um, improving a lot of, of, of their, their workforce and creating a, a real whānau and a, an achievement based in their business. So I think that's a really awesome example of, of using some of what they, you know, what Bronson learned in, in, his rug, in the rugby environment and team and culture and, and bringing that into a, into a work environment. And so um, do you utilise the likes? That's a great story about Bronson Murray and his wife. I love that. But can you, can you then um, use Bronson and has he got an appetite to help mentor others um, that might have just been finishing and he can just go, bro, this is, this is a path that I sort of took and take some lessons from what, what he's done and, and then you become, he can become like your little lieutenant or a bit of an inspiring guy that's lived it, breathed it, doing it? Yeah, I, th- I think we've identified that, that that's certainly an area that we really want to, um, you know, lift, you know, really lift up is that is providing the stories um, and the experiences of, of players. Um, and, and like you say, that, that's exactly what I guess the vision of the Rugby Network is, is, is about, um, is, is those, yeah, creating those opportunities for a, for a conversation or, or potentially a relationship to emerge a bit of mentoring. Um, you know, for that to occur. Um, you'll remember Paul Thompson, um, another front row, who, you know, again, got a, got a, um, a, a great business, um, insulation business, you know, for houses. And um, he's, he's now involved in the Blues alumni. So, so a lot of the super clubs have set up their own, I guess, retired players like a university alumni. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, relate and work with them as well. But, you know, he's um, built a relationship with Jordan Lay um, because he's, I guess, got in and, and started up his own business. Jordan's got some interest in that area. So, you know, they've, they've formed a bit of a, a, a relationship there. So that, I think, is their examples of, of what we're trying to achieve. It's, you know, it's just how do you um, increase the scale of that. Yeah, because I hear some cool stories that don't really come to service. I know um, Kieran Fonatia and Marty Banks are going to go into tiling or or flooring or something like that, but Marty refuses to retire, so Kieran's just <laughs> Kieran's just sort of waiting for him. Um, th- this is really cool. This space that you're working in, and um, you know, we're going to catch up. Thanks to your assistance, we're going to catch up with a few of these guys over the next few weeks and. Uh, just talk to them about a little bit about their playing career, but then and then the steps and the challenges and, and the obvious successes. But there's not always successes, Rambo, and, and and you probably know that as well as as anyone that there's some some real tough conversations have to be had. And I guess some of them you can you can have a half hour meeting and then they're away, but others would take a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely, Steph, and and I think yeah that that is um, the the reality of the situation and. And I think, you know, there was a survey done, um, I think back in 2012, that had about 123 former players. Um, you know, a majority of them had played to the super super level. Um, and, you know, I think there was around 30% that, that did find it challenging, um, you know, post um, their playing days and, and, and their mental health or anxiety and, and those sorts of things were a part of that. And I, and I think, you know, as, as you mentioned earlier, I think part of the challenge is that there's so much change um, when when a player retires from rugby. It's not only, yeah, their I guess their job that 
in a, in a passion and something that they'll, they'd love to do has sort of has sort of stopped. Um, they may be returning back to New Zealand from overseas. Um, you know, potentially um, if they've got a wife or partner, they they may be looking to re-enter the workforce. There's children involved. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot. The, the dynamics I think not change within the I guess the family unit um, as well as for the individual. Um, and, and often, you know, we I think there's a lot of um, research being done is that sort of 18 months to two year period is, is quite a challenge mm. um, because it's a it's a yeah just getting used to this, this different way. And like you say, there, there might not be as much support or the um, word of perhaps like the availability or the presence of that when you're in the environment and you know that the doctor's just in that office or um, is on the side of training or, you know, um, it's present, a lot of that support. So to then not have that, it's, it's sort of not that it's not there, but I think because the accessibility has been so um, so easy um, and some of those skills to, to seek out and, and, and ask for the help is, is perhaps um, the bit that we need to, to work on. And that's, that's a bit of that agency that I that I t- talked about earlier. Mm. Talking to Mark Ramby, uh, working with the Rugby Network, which is part of the Rugby Players Association. Um, very important role. And final question, Rambo. I'd imagine players that head offshore, and some of them can have 10-year careers overseas. Some of them stay over there, but a lot of them do come back. Is I'd imagine that's an even harder challenge for ones that have gone offshore. Now, yes, they've made a lot of money, and I don't poo-poo that at all, but they've lost a lot of their connection to mm. corporates and just New Zealand society, and they just pop up, and you just go, oh, geez, I'm back, and I don't really know anyone. Are the returning rugby players um, a bigger challenge? Yeah, I think I think you've identified really well that, that they present a, a, a different um yeah, sort of set of challenges, perhaps that um, doesn't necessarily mean that it, it, it that makes that their um, it's a, it's a harder task. But I think that's where I think the alumni have been been awesome if they've reached and played at that super level. Um, and I think you know again Fiona, who I mentioned earlier, um, her role really is to stay in touch with those players when they're offshore. Mm. So and and he continue to have those conversations because a lot of them realise, I think, when they go overseas that um, the environment here in New Zealand does provide some, you know, extra supports um, that, that don't, you know, say in, in Japan or, or maybe in France, um, particularly, you know, in, in countries that spe- are speaking a different language, you know, they, they present um, different challenges. Um, but Fiona does an amazing job. Um, she's got, I don't know how many WhatsApp groups um, where she stays connected and um provides online sort of webinars around different, um, you know, areas like done a great job relationship with the police. Um, yeah. Talking about um, coaching opportunities as well. Um, you know, looking at level two coaching courses. So yeah, it's, it's been great to keep that connection. I think that's been a real, really awesome um, evolution of, of the support to the players. So she's able to let, let me know, I guess, and hand players over so we're just a little bit more aware of, of when players are returning. Um, so th- I think that's been a really um, awesome um, addition to the, I guess, the, the, the NZRPA and, and, and that support that they're providing so that there's an awareness and so plugging them back into an alumni, say, um, and, 
and letting you know that 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 organisation get them involved. So, like you say, there, a, they are kind of connected back into a network of people that might be able to um, provide some introductions. Um, yeah, depending on on what what areas or, or whether they're keen to to maybe look to start their their career back here in New Zealand. Well, Mark Granby, it's been um, fantastic to catch up with you, and I'm looking forward to catching up with some of the ones that you've been working with over the next few weeks. I think there's going to be some fascinating stories come to light. You're doing uh, great work, uh, you and your little team there, and um, thanks for jumping on today. And as I say, looking forward to hearing some of the stories. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week, buddy. No, thanks so much, Steph, and, and yeah, thanks for your support for um, yeah, perhaps uh, yeah, having, having these conversations with, with players. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.